I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, November 10th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Today, in unsurprising but still draw-dropping news, a recent analysis from the Financial Times shows that Taylor Swift could be handing out bigger bonus checks to her heiress tour crew this year than many of what the world's biggest banks will be giving out to their staff. Swift has reportedly given out, this is not a typo, $76 million so far. Another example of how the economy and now somehow the labor market continue to revolve around Taylor Swift. It's incredible what her impact is both on stage, but also in the broader economy. Anyways, Peak Pals, besides Taylor Swift, we've got a great episode for you today. For our first story, will an Ozempic competitor emerge? For our second story, Ontario's new foreign worker rules. And for our third story, Huawei is still patenting Canadian research. For our first story, Kind of like how every streamer released an epic fantasy show after Game of Thrones was a massive hit, drug makers are all angling to produce the next blockbuster weight loss drug. Here's how the battle is looking. As the race to the throne, Novo Nordisk, as the king of weight loss drugs heats up, pharma giant AstraZeneca has signed on to a licensing agreement with Chinese drug maker Ecogene for a weight loss drug in the same class as Ozempic and Wegovy. Other pharma giants like Eli Lilly, Amgen, and Pfizer are all working on competitors. Eli Lilly is seen as having the best shot at taking the crown with a new obesity drug. The drug delivers better results than Ozempic at a lower price and has received U.S. and U.K. approval last week. Now, last week, Health Canada also approved a version to treat diabetes. It's happening because Ozempic maker Novo Nordisk has seen its wallet get fatter as more people shed pounds using its drugs. The company surpassed luxury conglomerate LVMH as Europe's largest company by market valuation, and its share price is up 47% on the year. But unlike Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly's injectables, AstraZeneca's drug could be the first widely available oral treatment, making it cheaper and more accessible. Now rest assured, Novo Nordisk and Pfizer are also hard at work at developing pill versions of weight loss drugs. This brings me to the bottom line. Making this class of weight loss drugs more accessible could provide help to the 1 billion people globally suffering from obesity and even treat heart disease and addiction, potential price, an uptick in gastrointestinal issues, and rampant user misuse. For our second story, we've all come across job postings with ludicrous experience requirements. I'm talking about the 10 years for entry-level position postings, and no one knows that pain more than foreign-trained workers. And here's what the government's trying to do about that. Ontario will propose legislation that would ban employers in the province from requiring Canadian work experience and job listings. The law aims to remove barriers that foreign-trained newcomers face when entering fields that they're qualified to work in. It would expand on a law that comes into effect next month, which bans Canadian experience requirements for 30 occupations like engineering and plumbing. Ontario also plans to open its immigrant nominee program, which lets it pick some new permanent residents, independent of the feds, to more international students. And it matters because if passed, this would be the first legislation of its kind in Canada and could be a model for other provinces to follow. As of last year, 25% of foreign-trained workers were overqualified for their jobs, which was twice as likely as someone with a Canadian degree. This crunch is most acutely felt in the most in-demand sectors, like healthcare, which has rigorous experience and licensing requirements and 90,000 job vacancies. But even if workplaces can't require Canadian work experience, that doesn't mean employers won't still look for it covertly in the recruitment process or in interviews. For our third story, like a dinner party guest who doesn't know when to leave, Huawei is still kicking around Canadian universities' research departments. Here's what's driving the news. 
Chinese tech firm Huawei is still seeking patents for research conducted alongside universities over two years after the federal government moved to curb collaborations with countries that pose a risk to national security, per the Globe and Mail. The applications involve research tied to the University of Toronto, the University of British Columbia, Western University, McMaster University, and Queen's University. All the universities except for Queen's are fulfilling terms of past collaborations, which give exclusive commercial rights to Huawei for a property created by Canadians. To catch you up, Canadian universities have collaborated with China for decades, sometimes creating knowledge that has helped drive China's defense sector in cutting-edge high-tech industries. CSIS has long been weary about how China uses these joint research programs. CSIS has warned that China uses these joint academic research programs to give it an economic and military advantage over other countries, which include Canada. While the feds can stop universities from accessing federal grants to collaborate with companies like Huawei, they can't stop individual researchers from doing so. And it matters because most universities have committed to stopping research collaboration with Huawei. But existing patents in critical areas, including artificial intelligence, semiconductors, and 5G wireless, may still need to be honored by universities in the coming years. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. Got a second? Why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Peak Pals, and have a great day.